What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one-and-done preview for this week's Sanderson Farms Championship. We are going to look at the model, see if we can find any outrights. We are going to plug a couple of matchups into the head-to-head matchup simulator, see if we can find some bets there, and then I'll go quick on one-and-done. I know a lot of your one-and-dones do not start until January. However, I, I get a lot of emails. I get a lot of messages. I know some of you are playing in one-and-dones right now, so we will cover that as well. If you like this and you like the content that that comes uh, from the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. You'll be happy to know that there are three different live chats this week. The 3 p.m. Wednesday live chat, that's 3 p.m. Eastern time. That's all things Sanderson Farms. Whatever you want to talk about, that time is yours. Then there's the 8.15 p.m. Eastern time jock market power hour. That's stock market DFS. That is on uh, Wednesday night as well. And then, of course, the cut sweat show is back tentatively scheduled for Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Make sure that you're subscribed. You hit the, the notification bell because that um, that live chat is subject to change. I try to time it around the sweatiest time of the cut. So uh, keep an eye out for that. But otherwise, let's just jump into this week's Sanderson Farms. What you're looking at right now is the tournament predictor tool on rickrungood.com. Everything you see in this video is from my website, rickrungood.com. You should sign up for it. I have uh, run this simulation 1,000 times. I got 46 different winners, and I got nine golfers that won the simulation at least 4% of the time. The highest win rate, I don't think it's much of a surprise, is Sam Burns, 7.5%, which actually... The odds across the board this week are not all that bad. You know, I, I've got this. I've got DraftKings, BetMGM, FanDuel, PointsBet, and Caesars here. And Sam Burns is a, a value across the board, which means he's bettable across the board. What that means is he won my simulation much more often, uh, or more often at least, than the implied odds that you're getting at any one of those five books that I mentioned. And you'll notice there's a lot of green here at the top. We have not seen it like this um, in quite some time. And I think what's happening is, you know, it's early in the season. Books aren't hanging an eight to one on anybody or a a 10 to one on anybody. And there's just a lot of guys stuffed in this 14 to 30 range. And with that, uh, there is a lot of value being presented. So uh, I'm very much on the record uh, this week. I, I really love Sam Burns, not only for this week, but for this season in general. You know, we, we talk often about ceiling and what it takes to win golf tournaments. There is literally, literally no golfer with a round-by-round ceiling as good as Sam Burns. You know, I, the, the stat that I mentioned on the DFS preview was um, Sam Burns gained at least five strokes on the field in a single round in 12% of his rounds last season. Highest rate on tour. Even when you do three three strokes gained per round or four strokes gained per round, he's one of the top five players amongst all the other world's elite. Uh, if he just cleans up that one or two subpar or average kind of round a week, he's going to be winning a lot. Bermuda grass, by far his best putting surface. Uh, a course that should... I mean, there's going to be a lot of courses that, that play into the hands of Sam Burns, but you can really... Try to shop this. You can go get it at 18 to 1 at FanDuel, even 16 to 1 at Caesars. It's all available to you. Um, I certainly don't mind that. Second in my simulations was Corey Connors and then Sung J M right behind 7% and 6.9%. I love Corey Connors, but I feel like he's a really good matchup play. Maybe we'll look look for him in a couple of uh, uh, matchup situations because he is. 
he or has been much more consistent, right? He's just been piling up these top 20 finishes. When you have a, a putting stroke as bad as uh, Corey Connors does, it's kind of hard to win events, but it's not hard for him to finish inside the top 20 of nearly any field. So when you start putting him up in matchups against a lot of his peers that are more volatile, he becomes more exciting. The Sung J M outright... You know, we're still waiting on that second Sung JM victory, right? He won at Honda in 2020, and we haven't seen him hoist a trophy since, and it's not like he hasn't been close, but what I like to see is that he is now much closer to his DNA, which is a really good ball-striking version of himself. He's gained strokes off the tee in six straight. He's gained strokes on approach in four of his last five. He's going to Bermuda, by far his best putting surface. This, this to me, feels like it could be a pretty interesting spot to get Sung Jae, and if you shop it, points bet, FanDuel, both have it at 20 to 1. Uh, I have that as uh, a value here on the simulator. Below that, uh, this the, the model shot back, Will Zalatoris at 6.3% win rate, Charlie Hoffman 6.2, and then there was a pretty significant drop-off, Cameron Tringale and Sergio Garcia at 4.9%, so nobody in that 5% tier. Does Will Zalatoris have winning upside? Uh, I think in theory, the answer is yes. We haven't seen it yet. Charlie Hoffman, again, you ask yourself the same question. What's noteworthy about Charlie Hoffman and Cameron Tringale? Charlie Hoffman is 20 to 1 at DraftKings. He is 36 to 1 at FanDuel. 35 to 1 at Caesars, 33 to 1 at BetMGM. So if you're you if you want Charlie Hoffman, if you want Cameron Tringale, you gotta shop this. You absolutely must shop it. Um, if you go to rickrungood.com slash bets, there are free bets available state by state, lots of money to be given away, literally just for signing up at some of these sports books. I probably won't go there. I will probably live with the majority of my card kind of coming from maybe the 40 to 60 range here. I'm obviously a big believer in Mito Pereira. Again, you're going to want to shop that number as high as 35 to one, as short as 28 to one. Um, the name that continues to stand out is Taylor Pendrith. So if you don't know Taylor Pendrith, he's been great on the Corn Ferry Tour last season. You're going to see a lot more of him here on the PGA Tour. Uh, when I ran the course key stats, which is something I do every single week, and you look at adjusted fit, Taylor Pendrith, uh, second to only Mito Pereira in course fit, meaning that the Country Club of Jackson should be one or should be a really good spot for him based on his advanced metrics, what he does well, what he does not do well. Now, the caveat to that is he does not have as large of a sample size as nearly everyone else, right? So even if I run the last 50 rounds, I only have 22 measured rounds on Taylor Pendrith. I only have 26 on Mito Pereira. So keep that in mind. It is a small sample size, but not only does he he show up there, but he also shows up now on, he showed up on the model that I ran on the DFS preview, and now he's showing up here and winning 3.3% of my simulations. Um... He's 50 to 1 at DraftKings. He's 66 to 1 at BetMGM. We have a history of first time winners uh, becoming victorious at the Sanderson Farms. I think it's five of the last seven or five of the last eight that have gotten the job done. So I, I don't know what Taylor Pendrith is going to end up being in his PGA Tour career, but all of these forces pointing towards Pendrith, this model, that model, th it's just. I'm going to have to bet it, right? That's that's where we're at. I'm going to have to bet it here. A couple other guys. Uh, let me point out to you. Carlos Ortiz is number one. He won 2.3% of my simulations, and 
the good news for Carlos is that he has uh, some of the best history here in Jackson, Mississippi. He's got two top, I think, three or four finishes, and the 2.2 strokes that he has gained per round at this event is the most of anyone who has played 10 rounds. So this is a really good spot for him. What has not been good is the putter. I mean, he's really, really sour. He lost nearly 10 strokes putting at the BMW Championship. He lost five and a half at the WGC FedEx St. Jude. Now, around those events, he gained four at the Olympics. He gained 1.2 at the Northern Trust. So it's not like he is a consistent big loser with the putter. The other thing to note is it's been a month since we've seen him. Uh, And I think in this scenario, that's a good thing. Generally speaking, a lot of guys just kind of get back to their own DNA. They've had time off. They've had time to rest and work with their swing coach and get right and all that good stuff. So I think this is a nice little flyer on Carlos Ortiz, and you can get him anywhere from, let's see here, 50 to 1, 50 to 1 at BetMGM, um, 40 to 1 at Caesars, 45 at PointsBet. So there's there's some numbers hanging out there. Uh, Matthew Wolf, I, I probably will not have much or any exposure to Matthew Wolf this week, but the exposure that I would consider having would be right here in the outright market. I don't think I would bet him uh, in matchups because he's too volatile. We don't know what to expect out of him. I don't think you can put him uh, realistically in a lot of DraftKings lineups because, uh, again, the risk seemingly too large. But if he comes out, and he is back to driving the ball after a long layoff, kind of like we saw him do after his layoff heading into the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. If he's back to driving the ball like that, he has legitimate, legitimate win equity in this field. You know, this is a field that um, it, it does not necessarily uh, require accuracy off the tee, and and distance is a much better attribute to have. Uh, and Wolf has been a consistent loser off the tee as of as of late, maybe the last year or so. I mean, it's been that long. And I, if he's if he can if he got right, got back with Coach Gankis, figured it out over the last month or so, um, this would be an interesting little flyer spot for him. But I believe that there is truly only one market that you can play him in, and it's the outright market. After that, uh, it, it is. Me going to be sprinkling a lot of just like hundred to one shots. Yeah, I I don't I don't uh, feel super strongly about this card. Uh, it'll probably be spread out on long shots and see if we can see if we can find a winner that way. A couple of interesting names. Uh, Joseph Bramlett is here. Anywhere from sixty-five to one at DraftKings, uh, eighty to one at BetMGM, seventy at both Caesars and FanDuel. Let me pull up his profile. Okay. Uh, really bad putter. We know that. But what do you see here? I see a guy who's 14th on tour in driving distance last season. Very long, very inaccurate. Well, if we look at the core stats, what's okay here? Being inaccurate as long as you are long. Okay, awesome. Um, so we've got kind of that skill set that we're looking at here. Uh, also, you'll notice this little nugget. He won the Corn Ferry uh, Tour Championship, the finals. Uh, and now plays the Fortinet Championship, makes the cut there, was awesome off the tee, was awesome on approach. Of course, he is going to be terrible with the putter, as we tend to see, but we're looking for one of these weeks. We're looking for a Wyndham week where he was, uh, you know, minus a half a stroke with the putter. We're looking for the Barbasol, 1.2 in the positive. We're looking for the Byron Nelson, 2.5 in the positive. He will go as far, seemingly, as the putter allows him to. Uh, and if he's got those good vibes rolling from from the Corn Ferry Finals to Fortinet, like, yeah, let, let's go. Let's try to rock and roll with Joseph Bramlett here. I do not mind rolling that one out. And then otherwise, man, 
You could make a case for Grayson Sig because when you see this, right, this is this is a sign that books don't know what to do with Grayson Sig. Let me read you the odds here. DraftKings, 65 to 1. BetMGM and Caesars, 125 to 1, nearly twice as long. Points bet, 150 to 1. FanDuel, 160 to 1. So uh, here's one of the graduates from the Corn Ferry Tour. I believe he just got engaged like a day or two ago. Might have those good vibes. He's a very, very good player. The the stark contrast between a 65 to 1 number at DraftKings and 160 at FanDuel or really anywhere else says, we don't know what to do with this guy. He's all over the place. Either either DraftKings has taken a wager on him uh, and they lowered his odds or they're a believer or uh, their odds are not significantly that much worse. Um, that to me is generally a sign of something I want to be on. Remember we saw this with Cam Champ when he won at 3M? It might not have been the 3M. Um, now I got to look it up. We saw the exact same thing. We saw the, the, the discrepancy, the, the large discrepancy for someone in that range trying to figure out what he actually ends up being. Yeah, it was 3M when he won that. So it, it, it's interesting, and I think it's noteworthy, and I think we should try to take advantage of it. Uh, outside of that, I'm probably, I'm probably not. So just to recap, um, somebody at the top might be a Burns or a Sungjae, then kind of next tier down would probably be like uh, Amito Pereira. I will bet uh, Taylor Pendrith. Uh, probably Carlos Ortiz, and then sprinkle on Bramlett or... Yeah, that's probably looking like it's going to be my card. Let's look at some head-to-head matchups, see if we can find some value there. Okay, this is the head-to-head matchup tool. Uh, what you can do is you can uh, put any two golfers against one another. You can change the time frame, and you can see who is more likely to win a four-round matchup. Pretty straightforward, very powerful. Uh, this one immediately, immediately caught my attention. I'm going to use Caesars here today. So I'm going to go with uh, Sam Burns versus Corey Connors. That's the conversation we were having at the top. I want to see what the model says. Ooh, actually gives the nod... To Corey Connors here, 57% of the time. So he should be minus 133. Caesars has him at minus 105. So I'm actually not afraid to do something like this where um, I think most people are. I think most people make their betting cards, one, with their hearts, which I completely understand, uh, but also incredibly highly correlated, which I also understand. But I think you have to consider each type of bet that you're making and what is a good wager for that. So I I think both these things can be true. Sam Burns is more likely than Corey Connors to win this event. Corey Connors is more likely to win a four round matchup over Sam Burns than Sam Burns. I think both of those things can be correct. And it speaks to the volatility that we have talked about. And we have seen with Sam Burns, you know, Sam Burns ceiling second to none. Sam Burns also has a very low floor. Uh, Corey Connors doesn't nearly have the ceiling, but has a very high floor. So in matchups where really, um, you know, what is the average finish for a guy who is the favorite? Um, well, I can actually kind of tell you this. Let me let me show you this. This is a part of the Holy Grail that I want to start showing more. There's this results tab. It literally goes all the way back to like 1980. Like it's every result back to 1980 and you can kind of see different courses and different players. So let's just do this. I'm just going to say, give me Tiger Woods, right? Tiger Woods at some of the best, most successful places he's ever been. 19 starts at TPC Sawgrass. Let's, let's call it that. Um, Actually, I can probably find one even better. Bay Hill, Bay Hill, 
Bay Hill, an event that Tiger, uh, a course that Tiger Woods played 14 times and won one, two, three, four, five, six. I actually think he might have won. Is that right? Only six times. Um, his average finish, 21st, right? Because it all you offset it with cuts that are worth 100, 46th, 9th, uh, 56th, all that good stuff. So average finish, 21st. So if we're talking about Tiger Woods at one of the best places he's ever been and his average finish was 21st, what are you looking for from a finish from someone who is one of the favorites to win the Sanderson Farms Championship in 2021? Um, if we look at... <clears throat> You know, let's say Sam Burns. Uh, Sam Burns, his best average finishes, and these are going to be places that he played like once. Okay, so let's go to Innisbrook. Uh, Innisbrook, he's played three times, average finish 14th. That is uh, also with a victory. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Let's see when he's played. Has he played anywhere four or five times? Here, even here, Country Club of Jackson, pretty good spot for him. His best average finish over four starts. His average finish is 47th. So, really, what you're asking, uh, Corey, Con- like if you just bet a matchup and your guy finished 26th every single week you're probably going to make a lot of money, right? That that That's seemingly what this is going to be. So um, that is why Corey Connors is is favored here 57% of the time to win this four-round matchup against, uh, against Sam Burns. What else do we have? This one's kind of interesting. Sung J.M. Big believer in Sung J.M. He's getting matched up against Will Zalatoris here, which is a tough one. Uh, but I want to see what the model says. Gives the nod to Sam Burns, or excuse me, Wow, I'm still stuck on Sam Burns. Gives the nod to Will Zalatoris 55% of the time. He's minus 123, which is right on. He's minus 120 at Caesar. So that is going to be a no bet. Let me see if I can find one here. This one's going to be a bit volatile because he doesn't have many rounds. But how about Mito versus Keegan? Keegan's popular this week. Keegan's very popular this week. I have Mito winning this a smidge. 51% of the time, he's plus 100 at Caesars. Probably not enough to bet this. There's got to be a big one here. There's got to be... This one might be it. Scott Stallings versus Chez Reeve, or, as we like to say, Shea Reve. No, 50, 50.1%. Okay, I'm going to find one. I'm going to find one. Maybe I'm not actually going to find one. Okay, Streelman versus Wise. Streelman's got to be a pretty big favorite in this one, right? Streelman versus Wise. Man, I've got it nearly right on the number again. I've got him winning 53% of the time. It's minus 115. Caesars has him at, at minus 125. Let me keep trying. Okay, I've got one. <laughs> that took a lot longer than I anticipated. Uh, Chris Kirk over Joel Damon. Uh, I have Kirk winning this 67% of the time. So his odds should be, or his money line should be uh, minus 203. He is minus 125 on Caesars. Joel Damon, uh, even, plus 100. I have him winning this 32% of the time. He should be closer to 203. Uh, so there you go. Whew. Took me a while. A lot of really close ones, a lot that the model matched up on, but uh, seemingly... Chris Kirk over Joel Damon, best bet. And then I certainly wouldn't mind uh, Corey Connors over Sam Burns as well. If you do have a one and done uh, decision to make, we have to kind of think here. So we have to look at the top of the board. Do we want to burn Will Zalatoris? Probably not. 
Uh, do we want to burn Sam Burns? Probably not. If, you, if you're as high on those guys as I am, uh, you probably think there's going to be bit better spots and uh, potentially more money on the line. Sergio Garcia makes a lot of sense, but coming back from the Ryder Cup, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, obviously, a good place for him. He played really well at the Ryder Cup. Um, I'm, I'm a believer in Sergio. Uh, I, I would not mind that. There's probably not another place you're really dying to run him out. So what does that leave us with? Um, Sung JM, Corey Connors, Harold Varner III. I wouldn't mind HV3. I'll get to HV3 in a second. How about Mito Pereira? You know, this is a tough one for me because I'm super high on him. But when we start to turn the calendar, when we start to get to January... I don't know what Mito's going to be, right? I think he's going to be really good, but we're going to get an influx of really great players into a lot of fields. Uh, I probably want to use Mito here in the swing season, and why not right now? The other one, so HV3, and you guys probably know this, I'm, I I don't often bet or roster Harold Varner III. He just doesn't always kind of fit. I do worry that he's not very good on Bermuda grass, but if you look at what he has done recently, you know, his last three starts, 16th at the Fortinet, that was this season, and then at the end of last season, in the playoffs, much more difficult fields, 12th at the BMW, 11th at the Northern Trust, uh, 15th at the Barracuda, a couple of starts before that, 11th at the John Deere, a couple of starts before that. He's been really, really sharp. His uh, uh, approach play has been solid. His putting has been great. What you need from him is... Unfortunately, he's not like super long, 58th on tour last season. He's not very accurate. That's not going to hurt him here. I would not mind rolling out Harold Varner III. Uh, I worry about his ability to close it out and putt and all that good stuff, but where else are you going to play him? And he's got the six shortest odds and the same odds as Mito Pereira, according to Caesar. So I certainly don't hate that. It's kind of a weird situation this week. Okay. Um, that's my new Las Vegas Aviators hat. Okay, that'll do it for this week's uh, betting preview. couple of live chats. Join me for those. Make sure you're subscribed. Go sign up for rickrungood.com. All that good stuff. You won't regret it. You can tweet me at rickrungood. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.